Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for another spoiler-free review of the latest DCEU movie. We just did all the DCEU movies that we hadn't done. Still got the E in it because we're not in the James Gunn part, so I think we still technically call it the DCEU and not the DCU. It's Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the sequel to the movie that we loved so much three years ago, four years ago. We did two episodes on it and it's back. Will we do four episodes on it this time? I don't know, but we've seen it pretty quickly this time. It's not Ant-Man. We haven't taken our time. It's got Zachary Levi. It's got Helen Mirren. It's got Lucy Liu and other people in it. And we're here to talk about it. My name is Ben and... Violence is not the answer. Oh, good first sentence. Thanks, Starla. We'd love to make a trade. We'll give up our powers if you give us Freddy. Add unharmed. Otherwise, they're going to monkey pause you. Smart, Eugene. Steve, add unharmed. Then like yours, true. No, sincerely best. Maybe just sign the champions. Should we proofread it? No, Steve doesn't make mistakes. Just writes what you say. Great. I feel good about this. Me too. Anyone else want a Gatorade? Do we have red? (laughs) And my name is Brett Ryder. Or Burt Breyer. <laughs> I love him. Um, <laughs> Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I think we saw this basically at the same time, Neil. You saw it Saturday. I saw it Sunday. Yeah. Time difference kind of works that way. Um, I enjoyed it. It's good. Um, don't think it's quite as good as the first one, but it's got some moments in it that are enjoyable. Um, it's a kind of a stock standard sequel to Shazam. Um, it's... You know this is this is Ant Man and the Wasp to Ant Man. I love. Yes, it. there it is. <laughs> like it's kind of the same, little bit different, probably least less memorable than the first one. But like you still enjoy it, right? Because you kind of get what you got out of the first one with a few little different things and a really cool cameo in it that we probably can't really talk about. But yeah, this is the Ant Man and the Wasp to the Ant Man of the MCU and the DCEU. Yeah, you know, I've actually been telling people uh, over the last uh, day or two, I'm like, you know what Shazam 2 is? It's Ant-Man 2. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's enjoyable. You, you get what you expect, but you're probably going to forget it in about two weeks. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's still it's a very fun movie and is nowhere near as good as the first one. Having said that, I think I still would hold the first that I mean, you take all modern Marvel or DC movies. Shazam is my number one. Uh, and this is was never going to touch it. Uh, there are definitely some things that uh, I, I wish they'd done a little bit differently with this movie, uh, but uh, it's still it's enjoyable, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Uh, but wasn't Billy Batson supposed to be in this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did he get cut? Yeah. Uh, was there, 
some type of rift with the director with uh james gunn just really hated asher angel so he said i'm cutting you from your own movie what is that at asher lingo or ansel go like you, you know they all sound <laughs> the same right like yeah, no one likes him um yeah it's that's a, a solid point he's not in this movie is he but um yeah, it's, I mean, it's enjoyable, it's fun, but yeah, it's not the first one. It's, I mean, you get what you think you're going to get out of it. I don't think, like, I, I was like 20 minutes into this movie and I'm just like, yeah, I kind of how this is going to end, I don't know this is going to happen, this is it, you know, um, and kind of you get what it is. There's a few bits where it kind of turns some different ways. Like we, we turn into the Simpsons movie a little bit here at one point. It's under the dome, um, which, God, I still haven't finished that show and I don't know if I ever will. Um, I mean, it's great to see Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu kind of ham it up a bit, which I've seen like some of the reviews, like I saw a headline on news.com today because fuck them. And it's like, oh, how, how can they waste someone like Helen Mirren in a movie? Like Helen Mirren looks like she's having fun in this movie. Like, I mean, I don't think Helen Mirren's forced to do this movie. It's good to see Lucy Liu back on our screens. I don't really seen her much and she hasn't aged a day since Charlie's Angel. She's looking incredible. They're kind of having fun. Uh, Adam Brody's doing much better than two seconds than he was in the first one. Um, Zachary Levi's in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 enjoyable, fun, and something that the Marvel movies struggle with. Here we are, shitting on the Marvel movies when we do a DC movie because, like, I mean, we talked about an Ant-Man and Quantumania. Like, yeah, it's fun, but it's, I don't know, it's it's odd and in front of green. It's like, this just is fun in general. It's kind of as we've said on a few movies sometimes, like it kind of almost feels like an early 2000s superhero movie where mm-hmm. it's just sort of a sequel to the first one and we know DCEU movies aren't super connected and as James Gunn reckons, they're not connected at all. But I mean, this clearly is the cameo that's in it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it. I don't know, does it remind you kind of one of those early 2000s that we often compare it when we've got a fun sort of superhero movie like this? Yeah, and that was the other thing that I've been telling people, like, you know, the, the Shazam movies both of them now are very much like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. You know, they're a little bit more made for all ages without being, you know, dumbed down and a little too kid friendly. Uh, they're got a little bit of heart in them. Although this one, I, 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 the reviews that I have seen have mostly said the movie's very entertaining, but it's lacking any heart, which I kind of agree with. Mm. That has a lot to do with the fact that like Billy Batson's role is so diminished in this, which is odd because I mean, the other kids all get to kind of switch back and forth a lot throughout the course of this movie. So it does kind of lack the heart a little bit of the first one. But um, as far as like Helen Mirren goes, I mean, how many of these like classic actors have we seen in DC or Marvel? They never really get much to do. I mean, (laughs) they're there to add a little bit of star power and to kind of give their careers a bit of a boost. Uh, I actually thought she had more in it than I thought she would just based on the, the trailers. I mean, this is, a movie where you have three villains really and it's going to be hard for any of those villains to really take center stage but all things considered i think they all got a decent amount of screen time and all kind of had their own personality so i mean i wasn't i wasn't unhappy with them in any way are you a lucy lou fan yeah uh i mean i've never seen the charlie's angels movies but uh she was on ally mcbeal mm. way back in the day and uh the the one movie that i actually really love her Kill in Bill? is lucky uh, oh yeah, she was in Kill Bill too. Uh, yeah, but, but I was thinking Lucky Number Eleven movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Josh Hartnett. Great movie from I don't know, it was like mid two thousands. And and I think that was the one movie where she wasn't playing somebody who was just very unhappy with life. <laughs> she kind of has this, and I don't know, maybe she's different in Charlie's Angels, but she kind of has this 
this typecasting thing, or maybe it's just the way she is where she's always very snotty and, mm. you know, uh, very cold. And then lucky number 11, like she was a lot of fun. So uh, I kind of want to see her do more stuff like that. This is more traditional Lucy Lou, but I mean, I didn't Charlie's angels. Is she fun or is she a little bit more snotty? Oh, she's the, the straight one of the three, I would say, but um, she's, she's fun. I mean, she's like with Matt LeBlanc in those movies. Um, I mean, I, I'm massive defenders of those two, even full throttle. I mean, full throttle is kind of rubbish, but at the same time, it's, it's fun rubbish. It's, you know, it's in that die another day period where kind of like things just went a bit crazy, but you know, I, I think you'd weirdly enjoy the Charlie's angels movies. We should do them just because they're just silly fun. And I think it's been a while since I've watched them, but I feel like they are ahead of their time in terms of the female action hero genre, like sort of, it was celebrated a little bit back at the time, but then it was like, Oh, full the only ones, such a, such a flop full throttle. So like clearly women are bad, but, I mean, God, they, they're just weird fun, those movies. So we should we should do them. I was The first Charlie's Angels, the first DVD I ever owned. There's a fun fact for you. Oh, really? I used to watch it to death. You still own it? No, I don't really own DVDs anymore. But, uh, <laughs> DVDs, what are those? Um, what do you want to do? Buy this, rent it, or bin it, man? <laughs> <laughs> I want to stream it, uh, illegally download it, or um, torrent bay it. I have no idea. But yeah, like, I mean, it's... It's, that's the thing. I think every classic Hollywood actor, these, you know, Academy Award winners now are kind of doing these. I mean, Brendan Fraser, due to be a, you know, he's meant to be in Batgirl, wasn't he? Was he meant to be a villain in Batgirl, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the, the villain. Uh, so we missed out on having him hamming it up already. So, you know, they'll, they'll release that one day. Don't you worry. But, um, you know, like, I mean, just this kind of reminded me a bit of like Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok, right? Like you've got this kind yeah. of like, you know, epic, you know, amazing actor. I'm mean, surprised we haven't seen Meryl Streep. In a freak, she'll get nominated for an Oscar for it. We know she will. Um, but like, it just—I don't get why people need to talk down on when an actor like this goes in a movie like this. You know, it's—it's. It's, mm-hmm. I know uh, what was it, Scorsese? You know, these are like the the theme parks of movies, and like, I mean, it's it's a valid statement. I kind of agree with that, but it's also yeah. not the not to take away from an actor if they want to do something like this. You know, I don't think. Well- any actor, like, you know, if you've got someone like Kate Blanchett and Helen Mirren doing a movie like this, like, they just want to have a bit of fun sometimes. And some of the actors, like, who turn around and just say, like, yeah, I did it for my kids. My kids love superhero movies and they wanted to see me in a superhero movie, you know? So I, I don't get why critics have to be like, oh, this is this is below Helen Mirren. Like, I'm sorry, Helen Mirren's been in the Fast and Furious movies. They are worse <laughs> yeah. than this. Oh, way worse. <laughs> Yeah, and we really, this type of casting goes all the way back to Star Wars. You know, let's put Alec Guinness mm. in some cheesy kids film. Uh, and sometimes it works. I mean, if the, the ones where I think, you know, were they even in a movie? Like, remember when Annette Benning was in Captain Marvel? Like, now that's a movie where you wasted somebody. I there haven't you go. You thought can't about remember. Captain Marvel since I walked out of the cinema and we did a <laughs> review on it. I'm never watching yeah. that movie again. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, Helen Mirren... This isn't just, oh, I want to sign on for a superhero movie. I mean, you talk about Fast and Furious. Remember when she was in Red? Like another mm. Bruce Willis one? You had Bruce Willis and John Malkovich and everything, and Helen Mirren was in there with a machine gun? Like, people went crazy for that. So it's fun to have these actors, and this is somebody who obviously enjoys doing fun movies like that. I mean, I, I think this movie, like I said, it does suffer a little bit with not having focus on one villain. And the director of this movie has been pretty candid uh, over the last week or two in the promotion of this about some of the things that were sort of out of his control. The main one being the whole rock black Adam fiasco, which you, you kind of get the impression through listening to his interviews. Like, yeah, we, we meant this to be black Adam, whether he was giving the main villain this one, it was supposed to be the crossover. And then the rock said he wouldn't do it. 
which kind of ruins both franchises when you think about it. Uh, but in the end, they settled on like these three daughters of Atlas uh, because that that way that you wouldn't have to have Shazam fighting somebody with this identical powers that he had. Uh, and I think that, you know, as much as I'm disappointed, we're now never going to get Black Adam versus Shazam, which is it's kind of like doing Batman and never having to meet the Joker, you know, uh, I, I do understand where he's coming from. They're like, we at least have villains in this movie, even if there are three of them, that are all doing something different. I mean, even even the three villains we have, even Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu and then Rachel Ziegler, uh, who, by the way, she has sort of become like an overnight star because of the movie West Side, West Side Story, Story right? last year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And when uh, Jamie and I reviewed West Side Story last year, you were talking about how and people were like, oh, she was robbed of an Oscar nomination. And I'm like, Man, of everybody in this movie, she is the most boring one. <laughs> and in Shazam, I'm like, well, she's great. I'll see her in something else. I, I didn't care for her in West Side Story, but she's much better here. Uh, but I mean, they, they even almost make a joke about the fact it's like none of you are alike in any way, but your sisters. You know, uh, So, yeah, you have three villains, which maybe makes it a little bit too much for you to get any dramatic focus out of any of them but they all have their own personalities. They all have their own looks and they all have their own powers, which made it interesting. And I think the thing though that, and a lot of people complain about certain superhero movies in the past when they go over the top on the the villains, I think the difference is, is that they're sisters. So they, to me, I don't almost view them as three villains. I view them as one villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all have the same objective. They're working together from the beginning. Which, I mean, if we're talking about a plot, and I guess this would be more of a spoiler one, but like it is a bit, I don't want to say convoluted, but it's kind of, I don't think there's a clear goal really for, um, yeah. which is a bit, I mean, I rewatched the first Shazam the day before I saw it. And, and even there, there's not really a goal with, uh, with Mr. Strong. I, I like, I don't know, like it kind of fits in with that, but I think what, I think I'd agree with it. There's not really heart to this, but they they do expand on sort of the family aspect. I mean, there's even a Fast and Furious reference directly to Helen yeah. Mirren, which I'm thinking <laughs> that's clearly a you know an in joke there, right? Um, but like you know the the foster parents they they get more of a, a an advanced story. Um, the the little Adam Brody, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, Freddie, Freddie, yeah, he gets. I mean, he's in it more so than than Billy Batson is. Um, uh, my favorite, uh, Mary gets a bit of an extended storyline, not Dala. I remember the right one this time around. Right. But then even you, like, even with, you know, characters like Dala and, and the other kids like Pedro, like I love, like, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, I think we knew that the character was gay in the first one. If you pay attention, it's clearly that, you yeah. know, they, they're uh, not ref- my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all because he's looking at like, you know, uh, a guy, but like, Again, this is one of those classic movies like where there's a gay character, but they don't like overemphasize it. It's like Q in No Time mm. to Die. It's just the passing reference. Cool, he's gay. Move on. Like I think they handle that very well. This is a movie where you've got a very diverse cast, and it's not overemphasized. Like, look, everyone, no white people, and like you know, yeah. let, let's celebrate us. Like I think they just handle it like perfectly. And there's even like uh, sort of it's in the trailer. Like they obviously don't play the song. But like in the trailer, you've got that really cool remix of let's get down a business. And you've got that mm-hmm. moment where you see uh, Shazam kind of catch the car. And is like, no way, you're playing that song when I rescue you. So like <laughs> in the movie, they're playing Holding Out for a Hero. Or is it Bonnie Tyler, isn't it, from Flashdance? Yeah. Is it Bonnie Tyler? Um, yeah. Okay, cool, got that right. Um, but like that's kind of, I was kind of comparing that in my head to Captain Marvel, right, with the stupid I'm just a girl scene. But the difference is, is that they can make fun of this. 
Like the yeah. fact that they've got these epics, you know, saving people scene and you've got them listening to holding out for a hero, which is a bit cheesy. It's a bit on the nose, similar to I'm just a girl in Captain Marvel. But the difference is they make fun of this. There's a reason why this song mm-hmm. is playing and there's an in-joke, whereas when Captain Marvel do it, it's like, look, everyone, a woman. She's doing man things, but it's different because she's got a vagina. Like this one, <laughs> it's just like... It's normal, and that's what I can appreciate about a film like this. So when it might not have a plot, it might not have heart, but, like, it's just fun. It's got jokes. It moves along. It's not dragged out. It's not slow. No, it's not the first movie, but it's still just, like, you could just put this on on a Saturday and have fun with it. Go, cool, that was a movie. Forget about it for six years, and then watch it again and go, oh, I do like that movie. Yeah, I think as far as it not having heart, I mean, the the main thing is when I said Billy's not in this movie, I mean, Zachary Levi is in the movie. He basically turns into him and you, you have a couple of scenes with Billy Batson. Uh, but it's not like there's nothing for his character to do. I feel like the mistake they make here, though, is that his personal story, which was so good in the first yeah, one, I would argue. Goes away. In, yeah, like they they drop a seed about it and yeah. then Mentioned you hear nothing dad, about it. Because you don't even hear about his dad well, in the it, first one. And this one, oh, the dad's coming back, clearly. Yeah, and and see that's what I was I was kind of expecting they would do because I, I feel like you have three movies worth of material here and mm. you jump straight to the third movie without even giving the third Billy Batson act any interest because in the comics his dad does come back and then you find out why his dad was gone for so long and that's something you could have done here uh, and even if you're like oh well we're probably not gonna make a Shazam three so let's jump straight to the third one do this thing about he's like well I'm about to graduate so I'm not gonna be part of this family anymore give it more than two passing references in the movie like that. That's the one thing that I think really holds this movie down because this movie's not getting great. If you look on rotten tomatoes, it's not a great rating, but like the reviews are solid. The overall rating just is like, well, we're going to say it's negative because there's no heart to the movie, but all you have to do is just put a little bit more emphasis on Billy's storyline. Even if it is just Zachary Levi, as opposed to Asher angel, give it a little bit more focus. Cause I feel like the other kids get more, focus on their personal stories than Billy does, but it's his, it's his franchise. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if that's an editing thing or a script thing. Cause like, it does feel like that was meant to be there, but it just got removed. Yeah. Cause then they focus too much on Freddie, which again, I'm not, I like this sort of focus on, on Freddie and kind of his relationship with, and I kind of enjoy that, but you're right because there's other bits that kind of are added there and you feel like they were meant to be explored. Like this whole sort of plot line about him not calling his foster mom, mom. And then it's a big reveal mm-hmm. at the end that he does, but it's like, it's a sweet moment, but I don't know, like uh, maybe there are deleted scenes with his mum because having just rewatched the first one, like that's such a key part. And then that just kind of goes yeah. away. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. Oh cool. Remember he was trying to find his mum and he misses his mum. Eh, that's eh, who cares about that. So and, and the other part being that it, the personal story for Billy in this, like, Oh, are they even going to be my family once I'm not allowed to be sponsored by the government there? Like, it doesn't even seem to bother him that much in this movie. You know, if, if you look at the first movie, they did such a good job with him. Like, you know, Oh, I don't really belong anywhere. Oh, I want to find my real family and everything. And this one, it's like, Oh, so I may be kicked out. All right. (laughs) I'll deal with it. And it's kind of like this whole thing around the Mary character about how like her school. And then she's got like, that kind of feels a bit tacked on, which kind of say like, as much as I'm a fan of uh, Grace Caroline Curry, very much a fan. I do feel for Michelle Borth, I think it was in the first one, the adult version. So apparently all the adult actors of all the kids come back, but they've gone, nah, Grace Caroline Curry can pull that off. See ya, Michelle Borth. (laughs) Like, poor Uh, her. Like, 
it's like in terms of the story, you would think it makes sense because, well, Mary's an adult now. So why is there an adult version? But like the first movie establishes this is the perfect ideal version of you. So, you know, Asher Angel or uh, any of the other kids could potentially grow to be 30, 40 years old and never turn out like these people. So it, it, it if you're looking in terms of the first movie, it doesn't really make sense. But it also complicates things in this movie because like these characters, this Shazamily, the, the Shazam family, <laughs> they are superheroes all over Philadelphia that make the news. And we see news footage and I'm like, surely at some point the parents are going to be like, look, it's Mary. Not look, it's somebody who looks like Mary. That's a good point. I didn't think about it. I, I see uh i've been to philadelphia now and i kind of actually like the fact that uh you know you can kind of reference that although i will say ben being ben like i was in Lost, like that's not really sydney that's not how the city set out um the the baseball stadium that the phillies play in plays a big part in this movie and i i've been there once i've driven past it but even i know that the way they film that out not accurate because the baseball stadium is right next to the wells fargo center and right next to where the eagles play like all the three stadiums are right next to each other you don't see me anyway. Random point. I want to talk about the cameo in a way that we can talk about in this. But the one thing I wanted to well, just... it's been spoiled who the cameo is, well, just we'll not get, what happened. We'll yeah. get to that. But like the the thing I want to just quickly talk. You talk about the rock situation. We obviously talked a lot about this new direction that James Gunn is taking this. So we sort of know that kind of you've got this. You've got what Blue Beetle. You've got Aquaman. Where they fall into this and kind of and the Flash, of course. Like, do you feel that? These are just kind of, you know, side projects now that Warner Brothers don't really give a shit about. Like, it's because it's kind of like I read that the, you know, James Gunner said, like, oh, we might want to continue the Shazam character. But then it's basically been like, oh, we'll see how this one goes first. Because, like, I don't know, of all the big name cuts who have been, you know, Henry Cavill saying he's not coming back, Gal Gadot saying she's not coming back, all these sort of ones, it's just. I don't know, like, what does Zachary Levi say? Because I, I feel bad if, like, they just kind of shove this aside because I feel this is such a unique character and story that you can still fit this. This is kind of almost like a Guardians mm. of the Galaxy-style movie that you can still fit in a, a wider scope of things. And I'm still of the belief, I honestly believe that in the next five to ten years, no matter how the DCU goes, Henry Cavill will come back as Superman, Ben Affleck will come oh, back. Oh, yeah. They're coming back. I guarantee it 100% in some form or the other. But my point is, like, do you feel this movie is kind of just there now and that kind of they're not really caring about it given the direction James Gunn's meant to be taking this franchise? Yeah, well, I mean, Zachary Levi is very good friends with James Gunn. And Peter Safran, the other James Gunn, the, 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 the co-runner of the DCU now, is the producer of the Shazam movies. Like, this was his project. So it, it's kind of been thought from the beginning, if anything's going to survive, it's going to be Shazam, despite the box office of this one. But... The way that the this movie sets up the future for Shazam, you know, it's going to be some type of crossover. You know, obviously, I mean, we won't spoil what the the post credit scenes are or anything. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, I get. Even if they decide not to make it into the Shazam movie, there's still potential. So I believe that they'll be in there. But having said that, I do see that this movie was sort of railroaded by WB. Like they they reached the point where they realized we're going to be going in a new direction. Let's throw no promotion. This like as excited as I was for this movie just because it is the sequel to Shazam, and this is one of my favorite comic books. Period. I I couldn't help but feel like where is the promotion for this movie? Like even yeah. the trailers felt like oh that's that's looks kind of cool, but Great like trailer. what's but 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 like it, it's not really doing much to lure you in the way that the Flash is, you know. Um, 
And I don't even know if they're going to drop the ball with Aquaman. And then you have the whole release date change, which, you know, obviously you know, we love The Rock, but The Rock is partly to blame for this whole, we're not going to have any crossover. But this was supposed to have come out in October and Black Adam was supposed to be back in the summer. And then they said, no, we're going to do Black Adam now in October and then Shazam in December, which made me think, oh, we're going to get even more of a crossover. And then they said, well, now we're going to push this to March. So they just kept pushing this and pushing it and pushing it. And then they pushed it into March, which is, maybe the most competitive month in movie history, like the amount of movies that have come out in March, there was really no way this was going to be the massive success that it could have been back in October. And then you have that if you had found a way to do a crossover with Black Adam, you have the promotion, you know, for both movies and it gives you something to get excited about. So there's both sides. I feel like that this is something that James Gunn and Peter Safran will want to keep around in some type of form but there was no interest in making this movie a success. And I mean, you look at the box office drop from the first one, you're not going to have that many people not turning up for a sequel unless you really drop the ball with promotion. I will say there's good, you know, fairly visible promotion in Sydney. And I will say the cinema I went to, one of the, I wish I had taken a photo of it, one of the best sort of banners or sort of film billboards i'd seen they sort of had like a like as you walk into one of the cinemas the entire wall is kind of like this sky and you got a like a shazam and he's like pointing at a dragon it's huge like this is a whole wall and it kind of says like this guy or something like that and it's like shazam you know fury of the gods i've got to say that the post well the mid credit scene sort of like with the connection to yeah what potentially coming forward like the justice league Justice Society conversation yeah. <laughs> is fucking hilarious, uh, particularly with an Avengers reference, which yeah. you know, like what was um, uh, it was the Eternals, wasn't it, where they they reference Batman and Superman as existing in that world, but it's kind of this. It's like a, almost not a dig at the Avengers, but it's kind of just like it's it's a fun little reference. Mm-hmm. Which there, uh, the cameo. I mean, so what can, do I need to put like a sound effect here so people can skip between the points here? Because like, what can has it been spoiled the cameo or? Yeah, it's it was shown in a TV spot who the cameo is, not what the cameo is, but who it is. Oh, okay. So we can talk about. So if it? somebody hasn't seen the TV right. spot, then Hang where's on. your sound effect? So I'm just gonna play an air horn sound here, and then between the air horn and then I'll play it again. So we're done. This is technically maybe on spoiler territory. So uh, we're still calling this a spoiler-free review, but this is we're classing it not as one because it's been shown on TV. So anyway. I love the way they do this cameo because it's sort of it's it's very much like the first one, right? So it, it it's Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was what's shown on TV, right? That's what you, you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, so like you, you, the dream sequence where you've kind of got Shazam like on a date, and of course it's very much like Superman in the first one. Where you just see the back of the heads. So I'm like, oh ha ha ha! They obviously couldn't get Gal Gadot. Hilarious. And then like I'm like literally thinking at the end when something happens, which I have a whole complaint about. We're in the spoiler area. Stop killing people off on movies and TV shows. We know they're not dead. No one is yeah. ever dead <laughs> yeah. now on movies and TVs. We get it. But like that whole sequence when they're talking about gods, I'm literally going, um, Wonder Woman, are they completely forgetting about this? And then next minute, oh, hi, Gal Gadot, you managed to show up, <laughs> which I just thought was brilliant. So, I mean, I, I loved it. I thought like literally yeah. it was it was very much like Superman at the end of Black Adam. I'm like, oh my God, it's Wonder Woman. <laughs> literally a guy in the cinema took his phone out and took a photo of the screen, by the way. Can I just say, like, idiot. But um, I mean, I'm sure you love that bit too. Oh, I, I, I'm no joke. I turned to Jamie. I'm like, I think I have tears in my eyes. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's 
two great things about with this and the other the well this isn't a post credit scene it's in the movie yeah but uh the post credit scene and this it starts to give you an idea about the direction that they might take with the DCU going forward because we talked about in our Black Adam recap the scenes that were shot that were meant to be included that you know whether it be James Gunn or WB just said no we're cutting this because we're not going to go in that direction you know there was the Doctor Fate scene and other ever, other things like that um, but the fact that they know at this point it's we're several months into this DCU has been announced they know the direction they're going the fact that they still included Gal Gadot in there and we know we have this prequel series with the the Amazonians which is going to be before Wonder Woman is around but James Gunn has also when somebody is questioned oh why did you let Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot go he said who said Gal Gadot's gone hmm. so I, you, I I I feel like yeah I feel like this is setting up like okay she's still going to be part of this somehow you know um, but, but yeah, when she appeared, like, and I knew it was going to happen and I didn't see the TV spot, but I started seeing all these spo- spoilers, like, oh, the, the big cameo spoiled. And I had previously heard talk. Well, Wonder Woman apparently has a role in this movie. So just putting two and two together, hearing rumors, Wonder Woman might be in this movie a couple months ago. And then a cameo was spoiled. I'm like, oh, we're going to see her. But still when she appeared, I'm like, oh, they did it. They did. It. This is so great. I had no clue. Similar to Superman in Black Adam. I had absolutely no clue, but I just think what makes it funnier and more brilliant is the fact that you literally had that scene where you've got like the back of a yeah. head of a, of a stunt double, which then like with, uh, was it, di- I can never say his name. Di- Diamond, Diamond Hunsu. Diamond Hunsu in it. Like I fucking love like that was, I want that as a screenshot. Like that's just a hilarious <laughs> image, but like, it's just, Oh, it's so funny. And like, but the, I will say, like, I, I don't think that Zachary Levi and Gal Gadot actually shared uh, a film because the way they edited it, it was kind of very, yeah. very much like, um, you know, Joker Batman in, in Justice League uh, in Zack Snyder's cut. So, but like, it was still just funny the way they kind of did it, particularly after all these dreams about Wonder Woman and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but funny. Anyway, is that is that enough of the spoiler that's, chat? That's enough. All right. And that's why the Avengers were in the movie. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that Robert Downey Jr. would come back for a DC movie? I know, and not Marvel. I can't, I can't believe it. In, in indeed, um, anything else to add? Um, I, I mean, I think one other thing we talk about how oh, Helen Mirren's wasting this movie. Jaiman Hunsu gets a much bigger role in this huge one. role. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he has been basically out promoting this movie, talking about how appreciative he is that they gave him this role, because this is a guy that made his big debut in Amistad, a Steven Spielberg movie. And he's even talked about like, okay, they gave Anthony Hopkins uh, Oscar nomination for that movie, which is the equivalent of Judd Hirsch getting one for the Fablemans. And he got nothing. And really, if you've ever seen Amistad, he was incredible in that. And Jaiman Huntsu has gone on to be nominated for an Oscar twice, but he is sort of one of these forgotten actors and you know, he'll pop up and this is a guy who's in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but he is praising Shazam for giving him an opportunity to do something and not just, hey, it's that guy who is in the Blood Diamond and Amistad and in America. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there are some people who get a much bigger role in this one. You mentioned Freddie. I mean, Freddie's great. I mean, the, the kid and the Adam Brody version are fantastic, but I've seen some criticism lately about Zachary Levi not matching Asher Angel's performance, which... Uh, I think in comparison so I think to... I we talked about that, didn't we? Because I, I... Yeah, you can kind of see it a little bit. Yeah, like, there, especially when I re-watched Shazam this past week. Mm. 
I see a lot more that they incorporate with each other. You know, whether it's Asher Angel saying I'm going to incorporate some Zachary Levi. So it's not quite as bad as some people are making it out to be. But uh, I, I think in comparison to the way the other kids did, like uh, in particular, Adam Brody oh. plays the the younger version so well. And then Megan Good playing the adult Darla may be the most accurate I have ever seen any actors do young and old with the same personality. Like it's incredible. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, it's it's literally like the same person, but one's 10 years old and one's 35 or whatever. That, that, I, I mean, I've told that story plenty of times about how when I first saw Shazam and I was with Thou Who Should Not Be Mentioned, I remember turning to her during that movie going like, this kid reminds me of young Adam Brody, not knowing what <laughs> yeah. was going to happen. So when that reveal happened and we were like grabbed each other, like, are you fucking kidding me? We called it. Because he seriously is, Jack Dylan Grace is like a young Adam Brody. And it's like, it's yeah. perfect casting. And just props to Adam Brody because like, again, he needs to be in more things. Um, because you know, uh, whenever we do the OC, I'm sure we can eventually do that. Leighton Mester, like lucky woman, and he's a lucky man. That's a couple that needs to be talked about more. I want their OnlyFans on my TV right now because that would be the hottest OnlyFans if since Renee Russo and Pierce Brosnan in the Thomas Crown Affair. And I, I didn't get Jamie's rating of the men in this movie, but I, I did ask her which one is your favorite. And she's sitting there, she's thinking, she's like. Probably Zachary Levi, but I'd be okay with any of them. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your thoughts on Grace Carolyn Curry, by the way? Uh, just Oh, she's great. I'm In the context uh, I'm asked, talking about? <laughs> yes, the context we're talking about. There's, there's something I actually shared with Jamie yesterday. I'll see if I could dig it up, but it was basically her at the premiere. And it was like, yes, I'm totally seeing this movie for the story. You know, <laughs> it was her at the premiere. <laughs> but I mean, l- let's add to that. Even even Rachel Ziegler and you know um, Megan Good. I mean, they 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 look great in this movie, and they're in good shape. They're you know they're, they're, there's there's good eye candy for both the men and the women well, in this movie. And, and if you're Pedro, both. And well, I just want to point out too, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. Like I, I yeah, got, not bad. Like I tell you now. I, I, again, we've talked about Kate Blanchett. Never really looked at her that way. She's an esteemed, proper actor. But in you know Thor Ragnarok, you're like, damn, Kate Blanchett. This movie, damn, Helen Mirren. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> just yeah. I, I've I've sort of discovered that like Helen Mirren is like the to a lesser extent like the female equivalent of Sean Connery, where it's like it doesn't matter what age. There are men of all ages who just are in love with Helen Mirren. I mean, I'm, there's there's nothing wrong with Helen Mirren, but yeah, you're right. In this movie, like she's got it going on. <laughs> if you came home. And in one side of the bed was Helen Mirren. The other side was Judy Dench. What side of the bed would you get on? Oh, probably Helen Mirren. Oh, see, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren, I get it. But Judy Dench, I mean. she's got Helen's got a little bit more hair, right? Well, on a head, at least. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Carpets might match the drape. Look at this. We're objectifying senior citizens now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, I'm buying this movie. Um, I, I yeah. don't. It's not a bin, uh, and I, I don't think. It's, I mean, I'd see this again, and it's not the first movie. Um, again, I really should keep track of our DCEU rankings, but this would probably yeah be mid tier. I don't know off the top yeah, of my head. Somewhere in the middle. Off the top of my head, uh, this is better than Black Adam. Um, yeah, better than. Is it better than Birds of Prey? It's about Birds of Prey. I mean, Level, you yeah. and McGregor, I guess. But um, ah, it's more fun. Yeah, better than Suicide Squad, as in the the, the. the new one. <laughs> better than Suicide or the? <laughs> well, the is the first one, right? Yeah, no, the the is the second. Oh no, I like Suicide Squad without the the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like my Suicide Squads 
Minus the thes. I mean, the only ones I've ever rented is Aquaman and Black Adam. So uh, this is a buy. Are you buying this? Uh, just yeah, I'm still buying it. I, I kind of agree with you. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Like, I think I, I kind of came to a conclusion between this and Ant-Man Quantumania that I can't believe it's taken me this long to figure out. And that's there are really no good just standalone superhero sequel movies. Like no, no great ones, I should say. When I think about all the ones that have been like widely received as being, oh, that movie was great. They're the ones that do something completely different. Like Thor Ragnarok, it wasn't really a sequel. It was it's kind of its own new thing. Spider-Man No Way Home is its own thing. When you look at any other superhero sequel, they all kind of get this reaction. It's like, well, that was okay. Like Spider-Man Far From Home, yeah, it was okay. Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was okay, right? I can't really think of any that actually had like a unanimous, oh, that was a great sequel for either DC or Marvel in so long. Like, I, And this just yeah. sort of fits that. And I would actually say it's probably one of the better It's Okay sequels. It's a great point. I'm thinking of all like the Marvel ones. Um, Iron Man's. Iron Man 2 got ripped into. I guess Iron Man 3 I mean, got some praise, but... And Captain America Winter Soldier would be people's example. But again, that's completely different. It is not really a sequel to it is it's new Captain America part one. Yeah. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 might be the only one. I mean, I think Wakanda Forever is a massive improvement on the first Black Panther. But, it, but, but again, it's something completely different from the original. Yeah. Um, the second Venom. Um, yeah. <laughs> In comparison to the first, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Woody Harrelson in it, right? Um, other movies, I guess. I mean, there's a few that are. I don't know what. I mean, Air is Air just purely at cinemas, or is it also always on streaming? Isn't it? I feel that's not a. I th- I I thought I saw something that said only in cinemas. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind I mean, seeing I've, Air. Air looks good. Um, it looks great, and I'm I'm hearing good things about it. I actually saw 65 last. Oh, night, I was gonna so. say I keep like wanting to know if I should see that or not. It's freaking you should, you Kylo Ren it, fights Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean, why would not want to go see it? I saw it with uh, with one of my nephews who is not one who wants to appear on the podcast. So I've got nobody to talk about it with unless I do it myself. Don't but... want him on anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, if you see 65, I'd be up for a review of that. If not, I'll just talk about it on Patreon. Guardians of the Galaxy is out in April, isn't it? That's May. I think May, May 5th. Um, yeah. Um, then we're getting close to Indiana Jones, I guess. That's probably the next... Yeah, big one. When does Flash come out? Is that well, May? Flashes. Yeah, I think Flashes bef- June, so it'll be before Indie. Okay, right. Well, there you go. And, and in terms of uh, what we've got coming up, obviously twenty fourth still happening, and we're getting to Australia v Canada month. It's been a couple of years away from that. So just to recap, we've got tomorrow when the war began. If you don't know what that is, it's uh, based on an Australian uh, young adult book series. It's it's basically Red Dawn. I I've never seen Red Dawn. But the way you described it, I wondered how Red Dawn like it was. I, I again never seen either the Patrick Swayze or the Chris Hemsworth. I know Michael Beach is apparently in the Chris Hemsworth version, but um, yeah, basically when it came out as a movie, it was always described as this is Australia's Red Dawn, uh, and we're doing Australia. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> is that our first Hugh Jackman movie we've ever done? Yeah, we've never done the X Men movies. You um, did a review of Logan. That was a Logan. famous shirtless. Uh, oh, surely we've done a Hugh Jackman movie. No, yeah, we, you know, I would, I'd be up for doing Swordfish. That's what. Oh, my great favorite. movie! Uh, Halle Berry's boobs. Uh, <laughs> I know you love that. I'm gonna have to look up. I, I don't know how Jamie hasn't insisted on a Hugh Jackman month. How have we although, not done Jamie, a Hugh Jackman movie? Well, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I mean, mostly what he's done is X Men. We've never done Van Helsing. Greatest uh, Showman. The pre- oh, the Prestige. Oh, I'd love to do the Prestige. You don't like the Greatest Showman, do you? 
No. Uh, I mean, it would be fun to cover. Real Steel, that's a good... We could do yeah, a Hugh Jackman it. month. We did movie 43, if you want to count that. Yeah, true. Okay, your testicles. Free Eddie the guy. Eagle. Oh, we did Eddie the Eagle. Okay, okay. Yeah, I knew, I knew we'd have to have done Eddie the Eagle, great movie. Let's take a moment to remember Eddie the Eagle. Uh, and what are the Canadian ones we're doing again? Uh, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, and The Sweet Hereafter. Two polar opposite movies. Oh, Canada, Australia, but- sure. Yep. I will say before we get to start that, um, I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers that we're going to find time to be able to do a re- Jamie and I do a recap of John Wick Chapter 3. Although at the very least, we will have a review of John Wick Chapter 4 because I've got my tickets for my birthday and there's no way Jamie doesn't want to talk about Keanu Reeves because she just pitched to me the other day next year doing Keanu Reeves month. For his 60th birthday. You mean so. Keanu, Keanu Reeves year, basically. Um, well, she she talked about, you could probably do an entire podcast on Keanu Reeves. I'm like, I bet you could. Jamie should start. I've never seen any of the John Wick movies, so um, I should catch up. Happy birthday to you, Colin, this Thursday, and happy birthday to me for last Saturday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Colin. Isn't Jamie's birthday in April? Yeah, hers is like three weeks away. Oh, I know uh, that. April 17th. <laughs> <laughs> just one of the people who just remembers birthdays. I, do. I went to... I, I went to school with birthdays. a kid. Yeah, I went to school with a kid who you tell him your birthday once, and then a year later he'd be like, "Ah, oh, March twenty third. I I literally like know like my I had friends in school, but like my best friend in primary school was March fifteenth. I had another friend who was on March the sixteenth. Like it was always fifteenth, sixteenth, then seventeenth of St Patrick's Day, eighteenth my birthday. Yeah, weird thing, but I'm a weird person. I do all the things that I tell you to do at the end. Uh, in terms of the subscribing and that, don't listen to the uh, after dark version. That's a bit inappropriate. Um, my name is Ben and let's get down to business. I don't have another quote. My name is Colin and I'm gay. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)